Well, actually, you're going to hear from Ernie and Carrie. So I hope that's okay. We have, uh, we, we pastored in the Upper Peninsula for 16 years. So we're, we're, we're right at home in the northern section. This has been our section for, well, we pastored one church, and that was Ken, in Kinross. And uh, that's the only place we pastored. And after that, the Lord's taken us this direction in the mission. So we are Ernie and Carrie Bywater. I have, based on my daughter's instructions, I have to tell you that we are Ernie and Carrie Bywater, and we are from Middle Earth. For you uh, Lord of the Ring nerds, you'll get that. If you're not, ask somebody who is, and they will let you know what that means. Um, but we actually, uh, we do, we are still living in the Upper Peninsula. Um, Carrie works with Rudyard Schools, so until we get our budget raised and get going, she's going to keep working at her job at the school because she loves it, working with special needs kids, so it's awesome. And um, Thanks for having us. I've already, I've already thanked Pastor Mike. I talked to him this week for having us come, and, it's, and it really is exciting for us because for all those years doing Mission Explosion on the other side as a pastor and hosting missionaries all week long and everything, it was always our favorite week to be able to hang out with missionaries all week, and, and uh, so to actually be involved in it on the other side now, is, it's different. It's, it's a little scary, actually. I don't get scared easily, but it's, a, it's different, and uh, you know, the whole process of raising a budget is something that, uh, you know, is, is uh, yeah, it's new. We'll just put it that way. So, we are going to uh, begin this morning by just telling you a little bit about our ministry. We're with Network 211. It stands for using 21st century technology to share a first century gospel. It's an inter- internet-based evangelistic site. And we have crazy numbers. After the service, if you have a minute, stop by our table. I have the live site up, and you can see what's going on real time right now as far as videos, where people are watching them, where people have responded. But we have people responding in Iran, Morocco, the Middle East, all over the world to the tune of 40,000 plus people a month are on our website watching an evangelism uh, uh, presentation. And many of them are giving their life to Jesus online. And then, so we do have a message we want to share with you this morning. So can we pray real quick for this word because we believe it's important for you guys. Father, this morning, thanks for the opportunity to be with this awesome group of people in Charlevoix. Thank you, Lord, for Cross Point Church. Thank you, God, that they're making an impact in this city, in their community. Thank you for Pastor Mike and his wife. Lord, I pray you would bless them this week while they're, they're spending time with their grandkids and, and, and just having some refreshing time. And Lord, now I pray that you take this word that we're going to share, that you've given to us, and you would speak it into our hearts. And Lord, help us to be doers of the word and not just hearers. In Jesus' name, amen. When I did talk to Mike this week, he's like, Ernie, when I get back, I'm probably going to need a break because he's down there watching the grandkids while his, his, uh, his daughter and son-in-law are off someplace else. So he's like, and one of them's a toddler. He goes, I'm sure by the time we get back, I'm going to need a nap. So he, <laughs> I don't know how much refreshing it's going to be. We'll, we'll know grandkids one of these days. You talk about, you know, you had your first grandkid and you weren't quite 50. I'm somewhere north of 50 and we're still waiting. So we're praying for our oldest son who's 31. It's like, Josh, you got to get on the ball here, boy. Anyway, we're going to start out with a story. You know, after pastoring 16 years, you have lots of stories to tell. And uh, there's this one family that we, that we know well. They were working on building an office. They tore out a kitchen, and they were putting an office in. And they had this dispute. Yeah, uh, he wanted to put um, electrical sockets in the wall at a certain height, and uh, she didn't agree. 
because she wanted them to look perfect and be in the right place. He wanted them to go someplace where they're going to be a little more functional, like where the computers and stuff might plug in. And she wanted them to go somewhere where they would look um, appealing to the eye and not be, you know, a sore spot every time she walked into the office. So she was like, yank, yank, yank. And he was like, well then. And the it project... It was an irreconcilable yeah. difference and that the they pro- couldn't get over and it caused major issues in their marriage. Yep. No, it didn't. It just caused issues. And the project just stopped. It just stopped. So this morning we want to talk about reconciliation. Awesome word you brought this morning because it is our job to bring... Rec- we have the message of reconciliation, which is what we're going to talk about this morning. And let, In fact, I want to read the scripture to you right now if I can. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Chapter 5. I'm sorry, chapter 5. Chapter 5. And we're going to begin reading in 14 through 21. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 21. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new." Now all these things are of God, who has reconciled us to Him through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us, us, this word of reconciliation. Now then, just as Rip said this morning, now then, we our ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What an awesome piece of scripture, isn't it? It's amazing. It's incredible. Jesus came to bring reconciliation to mankind. He left that perfect place. He left his throne. He left all of that to come to this broken, wretched, horrible world so we can be reconciled to God. Come on, if you, if you hear nothing else this morning, you should be able to go home and go, yes! We wouldn't need reconciliation if there weren't fractured relationships, would we? Adam sinned, we know that, so we know that we're born into sin. But here's the other piece we want to talk about this morning. We fracture relationships all the time. Reconciliation should be a key component in the church of God. Reconciliation should be who we are and what we're about in every area, in every category. I mean, relationships get damaged in all kinds of ways, don't they? Somebody doesn't, they fight about where you're going to put electrical plugs. People get offended. If I told you why people got offended, you know, I had people, I would go visit people, left the church and go, why'd you leave? And they said, well, this person looked at me funny going in the building. I'm like, what? We, we fracture relationships sometimes over things that, that we can't control. We fracture relationships sometimes over really bad, sinful situations. And sometimes relationships get fractured over what I call really silly stuff. 
Either way, in any way, all of those situations, what? They need reconciliation, don't they? If we're going to call ourselves Christians. Jesus was the first one compelled by this love we talked about this morning to come to this place and pay, pay a crazy price, his life, for reconciliation. In fact, it says in Romans 5, 8 through 11, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us much more than having now just been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. By his life. Carrie's going to tell you a story of Dom. Dom was a Vietnamese woman living in San Diego, California. Um, she and her husband were, um, had moved here from Viet Vietnam. They'd become very successful in their businesses. They had three children. As their children grew up, uh, her oldest, her son, um, was diagnosed with cancer and would later die. And her husband at that time, they started losing money in their businesses and all of those kind of things. And she became extremely depressed and extremely um, hopeless. And so she called her sister who lived in Vietnam she called her sister to say goodbye. This, I'm, I just can't take it anymore. I just wanted to say goodbye. I'm sorry. Her sister, um, you know, in Vietnam, realizing she can't do a thing for her, her sister Dom in, uh, in San Diego, got on the Internet, and she searched for the word hopelessness. And she came up to Journey Answers. And she watched a video, and she told her sister, you need to get on this website and watch this video. It may have answers for you. Dom did. She got on the video and watched the video, and she accepted Jesus Christ because of that video. And what happened after that was because of her testimony, her whole family got saved. And then later, she flew back to Vietnam to thank her sister to let her know what had taken place in her life and her sister and her family got saved from that testimony. So that it was just a reconciliation not only of one person, but of a whole family. And not just one family, but an extended family. So it's just an example of how God can use even the Internet, which some of us have looked at as, as an evil source of everything, for good and for his purposes in reconciling the world to himself. And this story and thousands like it are what, what drive us to share this message of reconciliation to people because it, it, it really is a need. Well, I need that. <laughs> Dom's life was changed along with her family, not because of a slick video that was created. Her life was changed because she responded to Christ and was reconciled to him. And that's what changes everything, isn't it? I mean, it's a reconciliation to Jesus Christ that changes Everything. John Ortberg puts it this way. Redeeming is what God is into. He is the finder of directionally challenged sheep, the searcher of missing coins, the embracer of foolish prodigal children. His favorite department is lost and found. If there is one way that human beings consistently underestimate God's love, it is perhaps in his loving longing to forgive. And it's this underestimation that often causes us to live as if we are not reconciled to him. We underestimate the power of God in our life all 
the time. We live as if our sin, our failures, have the, have the final say. If they do, if our sin and our failures have the final say, we wouldn't have stories like Abraham, Joseph even, Jacob, Jonah, Peter, or Paul, to encourage us that even despite their failures, they were able to be reconciled to God after forgiveness. And th- these are men that, it wasn't as if they were um, not known by God. They were known by God. Peter fell not before he knew God, but after. Same way with us. God is constantly reconciling us to himself. Remember what it said here in verses 17 through 19. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us this ministry of reconciliation. Our old life has passed away. We often think of our old life as what happened before we knew Christ. But I began to realize that because I I have been one of these people who have hurt other people, who have offended people. You can't spend 16 years pastoring a church without offending people. You can't spend 16 years of your life without offending people. You can't go to work without offending people. Sometimes you don't even know why you offended them. But what I have found out is in the last year and a half that it doesn't matter, that God is a God of reconciliation. And my old life is not just what happened before I knew Christ. My old life is last year, last month, maybe yesterday, maybe even the moment before right now. Because those sins are just as forgiven as anything I did before I knew Christ. And now God is about reconciling me and you with the people around us because he already offered that moment of reconciliation to us. Ernie said earlier that we, couldn't, we wouldn't need reconciliation if there wasn't a fractured relationship. The awesome thing is, is that Jesus already paid the way for that fractured relationship to be healed. Now, if I am reconciled with him, I need, me, Carrie, I need to begin the process of healing those fractured relationships that maybe I have taken part in. Those things where I have had issues with other people or I have offended or I have been offended with others. Love should cause us to want to live for God. And that's a big part of learning to be reconciled to each other, isn't it? That, that we need to reconcile to each other, not just to be reconciled to God, but to each other. Because this I know, if, if as a church, and, and I talk church universal, we believe this is a message God's given us to the churches, not to Charlevoix Church, but to the churches. If there's fractured relationships and there's unreconciliation between people in the church, then you're going to have a hard time taking the message of the reconciliation that God wants to give the community. Yeah, aren't you? Come on, aren't you? 
You know, if you guys, if, if we can't learn to reconcile ourselves, then how in the world are we going to be able to, to take that message of reconciliation that God wants us to take? Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 5. Most of you probably know this. Matthew 5, 23 to 24 says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, then come offer your gift. And why do we do that? If we go all the way back to the beginning of this scripture, it says love compels us. Love should compel you to want to reconcile to that brother or that sister. Love should compel you to do all the things you do as a believer. In fact, I've said this statement multiple times. If you're doing anything other than loving Jesus and being compelled to do this because of love, you're going to come across completely wrong to people. I mean, even sharing the gospel. If you're just out there sharing the gospel out of obligation because the Bible says to do it, so I'm going to do it, that's fine. Share the gospel. God will still use that. But you will have a lot better success if you begin to understand that you're compelled to go share the gospel with that person because you love them and because Jesus loves them, not only because the Scripture tells us to do it. So everything you do, you need to start beginning to run that through the sight in the scope of love, love, Love's compelling me to go. Love is compelling me to do these things. When's the last time love has compelled you to reconcile with someone who has, just as Pastor or Rip was sharing this morning, he said, you know, some of you may have felt like you were brushed the wrong way or life just was rough on you this week. Sometimes people hurt us, don't they? And when's the last time that you have been compelled by the love of Jesus to reconcile with that person who hurt you? I know lots of people who have allowed offenses to totally ruin relationships in their lives, and they won't get over them. <clears throat> I, I, I know a person who says this, I remember the date and time that my husband did this, this, and this to me. And I remember saying to her, wow, what a heavy burden that is to have to continually recall the dates and times of offenses in your life. And she said, well, I don't get over things easily. And I'm like, wow. And she's like, what do you do? And I said, I try to forget those things because, and then I've had people come and say, I'm so sorry for this. And I'm like, oh, I don't even remember you doing that. And it's not anything for me. Because believe me, I've made a lot of mistakes. It's because Jesus allows us to do that. To be able to take those offenses, even those times when people have really hurt us, and say, I'm going to put that behind me. I don't, I don't need to look at it. I don't need to keep dragging it up and looking at it again. It's love that compels us to reach out to those who have hurt us or that we've hurt through our actions and our misdeeds. And how's that happen? Things like, we don't sing enough hymns. We sing way too many choruses. You shouldn't wear jeans to preach. You should always wear a tie. My daughter should be on the worship team. <laughs> Teacher Tom is always so mean to little Johnny. I can't believe Josie's pregnant. She's only 14. I'm voting for Hillary. <laughs> I'm voting for Trump. Black Lives Matter. What are you talking about? 
Blue lives matter. All lives matter. Cow's lives matter. <laughs> if you're Chick-fil-A. <laughs> chicken, go chicken. I didn't get invited to dinner. You need to control your children. And the list could go on and on. If Pastor Mike was here, I'd pick on him with something he's wearing. But, you know, you're changing the color of the carpet. It sounds like you're getting new carpet. You know, who's picking the color? Somebody's not going to like it. can almost assure you of that. In fact, I'm probably going to offend you right now with the illustration I'm going to use. I didn't even tell her I was going to do this. You know, we're talking about uh, reconciliation. And, and uh, I listen to a little country music. Anybody else listen to country sometimes? Don't raise your hand because I don't want anybody else to get offended. But, <laughs> but the cool thing with playlists nowadays is you can pick any genre. You can find music in there that you can listen to that's not going to mess up your... You know, your theological thinking or, or hurt your, you know, the, the, what you run through your brain. But there's a song that I really like, and it actually was playing yesterday when I was mowing the lawn called uh, Live Like You Were Dying. Anybody familiar with that song? And the chorus, the chorus, it's about a guy, he's got, he finds out he's got cancer, and another person asks him a question and says, so what did you do when you found out? And he said, I went skydiving, I went Rocky Mountain climbing, I went 2.7 seconds. On a bull named Fu Manchi. And then the second part, though, is what is really important to this illustration. And I loved deeper, and I talked sweeter, and I gave forgiveness that I'd been denying. And I hope for you that one day you'll learn to live like you were dying. Listen, we're all dying. And I've been to way too many funerals in my 16 years of pastoring to find families that come together and the only reason they're there is because somebody died because they can't reconcile. And they can't get over things that have happened in their past and in their life. And it happens way more in the church and between Christian believers than I want to stand here and say or that you would want to sit there and admit. But that's what we're talking about. Jesus come so that we could, recon- he, we could be reconciled to Him, but then on top of that, so that we could love each other and be reconciled to each other as a body. Love should compel us not to let those disputable matters in our lives separate us. Romans 14.1 says we should not dispute over doubtful things. In other words, be careful how easily you get offended. And be careful that when you offend someone else, and we will, we offend people. I, we just offend people. I don't know why sometimes, but we just do. Make sure you make that right with that person. Don't let those disputeful matters in life, it, political things right now, I mean, it's all over the news, it's all over social media. People are getting offended left and right. Christians are arguing in social places. It doesn't help the cause of Christ when we're arguing in front of all of those who don't even believe in him. We need to be careful about the disputeful matters that we argue over and allow the love of Christ to compel us to reconcile those relationships and reconcile the world to himself. If we can't reconcile within the body of Christ, how on earth are we going to take the ministry of reconciliation to the world and expect the world to come into a relationship with Christ? Yeah, the church should be a place where reconcile, reconciliation is normal. Now, I want to just, I, wanna, I don't know how much time we have, but I want to, because it's Missions Week, and just go one more page, because I do want to 
just I just want to finish this scripture out that we've been talking about. You know, we have this message of reconciliation. Now, all things are of God has reconciled us Himself and has given us this ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God is reconciling Christ to the world, not imputing their sins. Now then, in verse 20, it says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though Christ were pleading through us. Listen, that is, that is, take that message and put it on a note card and put it on your refrigerator. We are ambassadors for Christ as though God is pleading through us. You have this mission. This, listen, this is missions week. This is missions month. You've had missionaries all through here. And every one of them missionaries that have come through here, I promise you were compelled by the love of Christ to go do what they're doing. Because some of them are going to very hard places. And we've got missionaries with us this morning that have been to some very hard places. You don't just wake up one morning and go, oh, I think I'll go live in Iran. Or I think I'll go live in China. Or, I th- or even I think I'll go move my family and move to Italy or whatever it might be. They're compelled to do that. Because scriptures like this one has been seared in their spirit. You are ambassadors. And what I want this morning is I want to see it seared into your spirit. Rip shared it this morning. Go and do something. Go and tell somebody. You. We get too much in the church. Listen, we get too much in the church. And after pastoring for 16 years, I would always say, listen, it's the pastor's job to raise, do what? To raise up the saints to do what? Go do ministry. So maybe I'll tell you something. Pastor Mike wouldn't stand here and preach as strongly. It's your job to take this scripture and go do ministry. This place can be full of people if you guys become ambassadors of Christ and go out there and take this message of reconciliation to Charlevoix. And, and I just want to add on to that because I'm looking around and I, this is just something um, <laughs> that God placed on my heart this morning. It doesn't matter how old you are. Um, we're kind of coming into missions a little later in life than most. Um, it doesn't matter how old you are. Caleb took his mountain at 80-something. Why can't you? It doesn't matter. You don't even need to necessarily reach people in your age group. Some of you who are older may be called to reach the teeny boppers or whatever you call them um, in your area because you have um, a love, a a compelling love for the younger generation and maybe you don't even know it yet because you think, oh, I'm too old. I'm in my 60s, my 70s, my 80s. I'm too old for that. Uh, no. God's given you this ministry of reconciliation just as much as he's given a 20-year-old the ministry of reconciliation. You may be surprised. You have grandchildren and you get to know your grandchildren's friends. You may be that person who brings Jesus to that young person. So be open to whatever God has placed in your heart, in your life, to be used as a ministry of reconciliation. Yeah, because this was a little bit of a surprise to us. (laughs) But a good surprise. We're excited about it. We're going to finish our story, then we'll bring the ship in for a landing. Um, If you haven't figured it out by now already, the, the office example is us. Literally. Literally. And, and really, we got past it and the office is done so we can now preach this. Um, but almost embarrassed to preach this message and say that that office sat with the drywall off the wall and I didn't touch it for almost three years. Almost three years. 
And I, it's not something that I'm proud of, but I know that as a wife, it was, um, and we all know this as women, we have the ability to offend our husbands on a regular basis, um, and I did. I offended him, and the crazy thing is, and I've told other people this, I have absolutely no idea how to do anything electrical at all. I mean, it's not like I have any clue as to whether, where to put those things in the first place. Which was the point all it's along. It's not that I have a clue as to how they work or where you're going to plug this or blah, blah, blah. You know, I just wanted a plug, and I wanted it where I wanted it. And so I made him feel really rotten because he didn't read my mind and know why I was thinking the things I was thinking. And it, the, because of the words and the tone that I used, it just totally shot down my respect for him, or he thought. Does that make any sense? And so for three years, we sat with that like that. Until one day, we were looking at each other like, and it really didn't you know, ruin our marriage or anything. It wasn't something we fought about all the time. It was just sitting there one like a sore spot. <laughs> Until one day we were sitting there thinking like, why don't we just fix this? Why don't we just do it? And I, and I said, I don't know anything about what you're doing, but so you just go ahead and do it because I'm sure it'll turn out wonderful. And it did. He built a built-in around it. You can't even see the plug. Oh, who knew that he was going to put holes in the wall and the cords were going to run over here and under there and lo and behold, you're not even going to see that plug where I didn't think it should be because it's hidden inside of a built-in. And it turned out beautiful. But it's those kind of things that we continually allow ourselves. It's a disputable matter. Why was our arguing about electrical plugs? Why do we let those little things in our lives cause so much trouble and not allow us to reconcile with one another and really do the work that God has intended us to do. Yeah, some of you are laughing, and I can tell you, you know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> so let me just end with a couple of questions for you, and we'll wrap this up. First of all, the most important question is, are you reconciled to God through Christ in this place? You know, I look around, and, and I don't know any of you, so I'm going to ask the question, are you, have you let... Jesus reconcile you to the Father so that you're good with Him. That's the first question I'm going to ask you tonight, today. The second question, and if not, what's holding you back? Second question I'll ask you, and I want to pray for all of you, but second question I'll ask, are there people in your life, if, you, if when we pray, are there people in your life that you know that the Lord has brought to your mind in the last ten minutes while we've been preaching that you know you need to call or you need to go visit? Or you need to ask them to forgive you. Now listen, understand one thing about reconciliation. Reconciliation takes two people. If the other person doesn't want to be reconciled, you're not going to be reconciled. But you still need to do what the Bible tells you to do. Because then the monkey's off of your back. You need to do what God tells you to do. I know I've asked for forgiveness from people and they still won't talk to me over things. That's on them at this point, not us. Who do you need to call and ask to forgive you for something? Who do you, try, who do you need to reconcile with? And thirdly, this is Missions Week, are you willing to do whatever God leads you to do? Are you willing to talk to whoever He leads you to? Are you willing to go? Listen, some of you, He might say, go. I want you to go into missions. I want you to go here. I want you to go. Are you willing to do that? 
If he says go, that's part of this being reconciled to God. Do whatever he asks you to do. So we don't need to stand. Let's just pray for him. Lord, thank you this morning for your love. Thank you this morning for your presence in this place, that sweet worship. Lord, thank you for meeting with us and being here and already speaking to us through your worship and through your word. Lord, right now I pray you'd help us to, to listen for just a moment for what you want to tell us, what you want to challenge us to do from this point on. So I'm going to ask the same three questions. As we stay in this attitude of prayer, I'm going to ask the same questions. Is there anyone here who's not been reconciled through Jesus Christ? And this morning you say, Pastor Ernie, I want that. I need Jesus this morning. Would you slip up a hand? Let me pray with you. Right, secondly, is there anybody here who would say, I need to reconcile with somebody. I'm not going to ask you who. I just want to pray for you that, that, that God, the Holy Spirit will give you the words, the wisdom, and the understanding and the way to do it. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I need to make a call. I need to reconcile. There's somebody I need to reconcile with. And listen, it's not an embarrassing thing. It's a God thing because it's amazing when you do. Let's give you a moment. Thank you. Anybody else? Father, right now I pray for every hand that was raised. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them. Holy Spirit, you would give them the words. You would give them the time. You would help them know when, how to say what they need to say. And Lord, I pray that, 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 it, that it, it's completely driven by love. And it will come across to the other person that is completely driven by love. Lord, thank you for helping us this morning. And thank you for helping in these particular situations because you know the particulars we don't and i pray in every particular situation you will you will create the atmosphere the time and the words for it to be to for it be received well and lord this morning i just pray for this entire body <clears throat> lord that you would open their hearts and their minds to missions to be big givers when it comes to missions. When, when Pastor Mike calls for, for offering or, or giving for missions, Lord, there would be no hesitation in people's hearts or minds about what that means, that it, it, it's going to reach people and reconcile people around this world to Jesus Christ. I pray this church would be an incredible missions-giving and missions-going church. And Lord, as you speak to your people about their mission field, whether it's the school where they work, the lady at the gas station, whoever you lead them to, let them rise up filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit with boldness to share your word boldly, to share your gospel boldly, and to see reconciliation happen right there in front of them, wherever they are, back to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Again, we just praise you for what you're doing. We thank you today for the day that you've given us. Help us to not to not to waste it, but to use it for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.